Good morning, everyone in this whole wide world. Man, I tell you, it's been a great weekend. You know, that weather's finally got to where it's 90 plus degrees. Yes, you heard it here. The white legs have shown this weekend. Time to get a little sun on those legs. I have with me today one of the most charming, the most talented, most brilliant of people that I know. And uh, it's the co-host with the most. Good morning, Lori Few. Morning. I almost did not make it through that intro when you said white legs. I'd lost it because listen, uh, it's so true. It's warm. It's muggy. It's great. We went straight from spring, very little spring to summer, but I am that person that is so pasty, white, see-through, transparent, <laughs> opaque, all the words. And so it just cracks me up that we're leading off this morning with white legs. <laughs> well, I'm not certain. I'm not certain that I'm a little pale, but as I was in California a couple of weeks ago to bring our daughter home, I went to the beach and I had just a pair of shorts on, you know, my swim trunks. And I almost as if vampire like was having to shield my eyes and face from the <laughs> brightness of the sun. I thought maybe I'm going to burn up here, but uh, yeah. Uh, and you know, I don't think it's funny. Uh, I really don't. I'm not making fun of anybody, but if you're a white pale person trying to get started on your tan and all you're doing is lying down on the sand, trying to relax, I don't believe children should try to push you back in the ocean to save your life. You know what I mean? They think you're like a whale, <laughs> a porpoise that floated on shore. I mean, whatever it happened, but anyway, thank you uh, first. I mean, <laughs> Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us today here on Live a Life by Design. Man, our one time of the week, we want to give you motivation on moments of Mondays. I got to tell you what, coming to you today is just, I don't know, Lord, I am just pumped on this topic. I guess you could say I'm motivated. <laughs> motivated. Uh, yeah, that it's was Monday. <laughs> Monday. Well, it's the, it's the triple M, Monday morning motivation. That's what Ab we're focusing on this morning. Absolutely, folks. There's nothing on our agenda today, but to help you have a bigger, better, and bolder week as only you can have after listening to this. So we're focusing on one area you heard me mention that we all struggle with, except for Lori. She never struggles with this, but I struggle uh, with this. <laughs> not true. Not I true. Struggle. Oh, okay. Uh, we all struggle in life, right, Lori? So particularly, now I hate to say it, what they call it, the dog days of summer. So we're going to talk today how you can stay motivated, the things that we utilize to keep us motivated. And because motivation to me is critical to reaching those big, hairy, audacious goals. And without them, we can't be our bigger, better, bolder self. We have to take ourselves to a period and place of discomfort to get us to the point where we're most confident. And that's the key today. So to be our best requires that we stay focused and motivated to accomplish these goals. So you know, I got to be honest with you, Lori, I am just psyched up today. Psyched up? Why? You because know, of the topic? Because of this topic. You know, I get motivated talking and thinking about motivation. Now, isn't that crazy? <laughs> well, you know how we love our quotes around here, right? And right. why do we love our quotes? Because they inspire us. So, okay, I've got one to start the morning. This one is from Oren Woodward. More powerful than the will to win is the courage to begin. Ooh. So we all know that procrastination is the dread of starting something that may be a little bit challenging, starting a new job, starting a new habit, starting a new routine. Change is inevitable. But to summon the courage, we need to start with that big, hairy, audacious goal in our life. And we must remain motivated 
with the end in mind. We talk a lot on this podcast about seeing things through to the end. Having tunnel vision sometimes is not always a great way to start, but you have to be able to start with the end in mind. You know, I love this story. So I was listening to uh, Zig Ziglar one time, and he said, until you can paint yourself with the accomplishment in your mind of getting the goal done, it'll be very difficult to start. True. That makes a lot of sense to me now in my older age. But, <laughs> you know, one of the best tactics I use, Lori, I'm going to jump right in here and share with our audience because, you know, that's what I want to get this pithy stuff at is to give myself a reward for completing the goal. Now, it can depend on the goal, right? So I try to make my goals match with my rewards or vice versa. So if I'm wanting to get in shape and I meet a goal on doing something that's a physical activity or exercise shape I'm wanting to get in, I might put down a new running suit from Lululemons, right? Because that's where we all go now. Even though I thought it was only for our daughters, it's now for us men. Uh, <laughs> Don't judge, Lori. Okay, don't judge. But hey, I love that material. I love the fact you can't tear this stuff up. Um, so, so one of one of my goals this year already. You know, first quarter's done, Lori. We're in the second quarter now. It's in the books. But one of my goals was a real toughie. I'm not going to go into it because it was a deeply meaningful goal for me. But it was a tough one. It took me literally the three months of the first quarter to complete this. So it took some daily work. And then it took some cleanup work toward the weekends. And it just kept me going and piling on until I finally got it done. And what kept me moving forward in the face of that ter terrific challenge was that the goal had a reward that I really wanted. Now, I could have, I don't laugh. I could have gone out and bought this reward anytime I wanted. But I wanted to worry and see what I could do to make myself earn that reward. And there were times of adversity, there were challenges, there were walls that came up. I had to do some different things to get around it, to figure out how to get over it, to do what I had to do to get this done. And I was just determined. You know, as I say, Lori, it's either my head or the wall, but something's going to give. <laughs> <laughs> so don't judge again now, Lori, but here it goes. My reward for this big time goal I had set was something uh, that's a vice I have. I'll just be honest. With you. I fed a vice. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh -oh. I, yeah. Here we go. It's coming. I fed a vice, and this vice is particularly costly. Uh, provides great joy to me, and is a legacy building vice. Now you're wondering. Now what in the world could meet that criteria? I collect German engineered writing instruments, Mont Blanc limited series fountain and rollerball pens. That's it. Pen. <laughs> You're going to laugh. I've got about 52 of them now during my career. So I've 50? made a lot. Over 50 Jimmy pens. It, really? <laughs> it's so bad that I have to list it as an item, especially covered on our insurance. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it says my wife's jewelry and then Jimmy's Mont Blanc pens. Um, oh. Seriously. But the, the oil, so I don't even take, some of these are so um, limited in series and expensive. I don't even take them out of the case. I leave them in this case so dust won't get on them. I don't touch them with my hands without some, um, I have some white, very satin type gloves, soft gloves that won't get the oils uh, on, the, on the barrels or on the gold uh, that's on the pen. And uh, I know this just sounds elitist. I know it sounds crazy. Why, why would you do this? But, you know, a lot of people collect different things. Cars. I've got clients that collect old cars. Uh, you know, I've got clients that collect fishing lures, believe it or not, antique fishing lures. They'll travel all over the central United States to go to shows about sporting goods to buy fishing lures. I just think that's cool. Um, so here's what I did. I recently, this quarter, rewarded myself in April 
with the John Fitzgerald Kennedy limited edition rollerball pin. So what kept you motivated to get to this pin? Because it had to be something pretty important. I'm still... Pins? I'm just... mm, Okay. Okay. Now, most of you know that listen to this podcast, I'm a pretty uh, driven kind of guy. So I have my goals laminated and taped in my shower. I don't mind sharing with you again. I did that. So I laminated this pen. I went on the website, printed it out, and I, I took the printout to the office and I had the team laminate this printout of what this pen looks like and taped it next to my goals in the shower. Now it's getting weird, right? But anyway, my point. It took a dark turn. <laughs> it just took a dark turn. Hang on. Stay but, with but, us. But stay with us here. And so what I did, you know, I just thought, wow, John F. Kennedy, the president of this country, went through some of the most challenging decisions he had to make. You know, the Bay of Pigs. We had a potential nuclear war with Russia at the time, right? And and he's sitting there trying to take care of all of these challenges, our world facing him. And he had to make notes and write things and make decisions. And that pen just brings back all of that history where I read his biography. I've studied a lot on Kennedy. And I just said to myself, I think this pen would motivate me. So here's what it's done. It's given me the opportunity that when I write to think bigger and bolder thoughts and to be more creative in what I'm writing and doing. And I just love that from a reward. But my question to you, Lori, is... What is one of your tactics for staying motivated? <laughs> well, I obviously don't have um, I don't have a pin. I'm not going to call it collection. I'm going to call it what it is, Jimmy. I don't have a pen addiction problem. Yes, thank uh, you. <laughs> we're Preventing calling it, it out. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I think that one of my tactic tactics to stay motivated, and and it's along those same lines, but. I don't collect things. Obviously, I probably need to start something. So, you know, uh, please let me know what you think I should start collecting or what would be something I could do because I need to do that. I don't have, I don't collect anything unless, well, I guess you can't really count empty coffee cups that are everywhere, but sure. that's not really collectible. <laughs> <laughs> My motivation tactic has to do with growth. I, I make, in my mind, I make motivation and growth kind of the same thing because I feel like growing through motivation, keeping yourself motivated. So I always like to use the tactic that if I'm growing and helping other people grow in whatever realm they're in, whatever space they're in, whatever situation they're in, then that keeps me motivated to continue to grow. And so one of my favorite, you know, sayings, and it's plastered, it's not in my shower, but it's on my phone, it's on my desk, it's on my nightstand, um, is, is the saying, grow through what you go through. And I find that if you share a common experience with someone, something that you've been through, some experience or situation in the office or in a, in a friend group or as a parent, something that you've experienced, sharing that alongside other people and getting their perspective about how did they handle that situation? What did they learn from it? How did they maybe react poorly and what they wish they had done or if they're in that situation again, how they would handle it differently? And I find great motivation in that because one, I know I'm not alone. Two, there are other people facing the same situations in life that I am because again, tunnel vision, sometimes we feel like we get into the situation where we're the only person looking through the tunnel and it's very dark and it's very scary. Um, But 
And, and finally, third, it's just the fact that being part of a community or an office or a, a civic organization or group that there's that commonality that if we're all going through something together that we can share and motivate each other because there's safety in numbers. You know, nobody wants to be singled out. Nobody wants to be alone. And so finding comfort in that, that motivation turns to growth. Growth turns to motivation. So it's kind of like a full circle moment uh, for me. That That's that's really one of my tactics is, is growth. I find that being having growth leads to motivation. So really, I mean, you think about something, you grow into some place and some different, uh, if you will, realm of where you weren't before, either mentally or even physically on your workouts or whatever. And then you say, you know, that's just a plateau. Now I'm going to grow some more. And Hey man, I can see that, that, that motivates me just hearing you say that and how you say you grow through what you go through. To me, there are some challenging times that really carve us. If you think of us as the clay of life, carve us into the people we are and help motivate us. So it's, we hired a new team member lately and she is just doing dynamite stuff. She's our director of first impressions now. And she said to me, she said, she's only been here a couple of weeks. And she goes, do you ever have a bad day? He says, you're always, <laughs> and I said, people ask no. me that all the time. They're like, is Jimmy for real? Yeah. Does he ever have a bad day? Does he ever have a moment? And but, you know, I always tell people, yes, this is the real Jimmy. What you hear, yeah. what you see, that is so authentic. And it's, it's important. And it's, precious to me that we find people in our lives that are like that so yes ladies and gentlemen 100 grade a jimmy williams that's what you have all the time well we are sincere on this show i assure you we are not here to paint pictures and act out characters of which we are not truly living ourselves i will assure you though what keeps me that away and what i did to her is i handed her a couple of books and she looked at me funny because I keep these books at the office for just this reason. And I go into my office and I grab them off the shelf and I go, read these books and you'll never have a bad day in your life. You'll simply have some days that are better than others, but they're all good. And she looked at me and she said, uh, sir, that is really deep, but I will read the books. <laughs> the young 24 year old. I mean, she's very young. And it's so it's just so funny. She looked at me and she said, sir. Uh, that's real deep, but I'll read these books. Okay. <laughs> well, but I mean, honestly, I wish I had had someone when I was 24 to say that to me. Um, here's a different perspective. Here's a different thought process. You know, don't try to figure it out on your own. I spent so much time when I was younger trying to figure out life because I had graduated from high school. I graduated from college. I was so motivated and desperate to get into the workforce to carve my path and be part of the solution, if you will, that I, I, I lacked that mentorship. So uh, I wish I'd had a Jimmy to give me a stack of books. I, I would have probably gotten a whole lot better, a whole lot faster. So I understand it sounds geeky to say this, Lori, but I got to be honest with you. I have found a lot of the solutions to my challenges in life by reading certain books at certain times of those challenges. Now, everyone laughs. They go, Jimmy, all you want us to do is read. That's not true, but it wouldn't hurt you for you to read several books a year if it'll give you some advice. Uh, perhaps some of us need some of that. But what I often found was I'd read great books, biographies, uh, the Bible. I mean, I get a lot of stuff out of the Bible, right? And at the end of the day, the folks that are looking and searching have all of these available in one building in their local community, typically, unless it's very small, called the public library. You don't have to do what I do and go buy books. You can go down and borrow them for free. I mean, how easy is that? Now, some people go, well, wait a minute. I'm kind of you know lazy. Can they bring the book to me? Guess what? No, you got to get up, go get the book, right? <laughs> but, but Lori, I got to tell you, that's outstanding. I love that information. 
I'm going to share with you now one of my other motivation tips because we're talking about doing that is reading biographies. Oh, man. What better way to learn from others' mistakes, right? My dad always told me that. Look for the ways that you can learn where others have failed or what they've gone through as a challenge that you can make it easier for you, right? And particularly, I like these biographies of very successful people. I like business people, uh, ambassadors, successful uh, presidents, things like that. anything successful wise. Don't laugh. Eddie Van Halen, one of my favorite auto biographies to read was Eddie Van Halen. This guy grew up, came to the United States with his mom and dad and brother with 50 American dollars to their name and a piano. Now that's pretty cool. And he left this earth at the age of 65 from uh, Pasadena, California with a hundred million dollars of net worth. They estimate that's pretty inspiring to me. Right. Um, amazing. One of the current books I'm reading, though, you're going to laugh, Lord, it's a little bit out of my realm because I like to read things sometimes that challenge me from what I'm doing. And it's called Lifespan by David Sinclair. We're going to put that up on our on our website under Jimmy's top reads just shortly. But one of the tragedies that we have with this abundance of food and water and drinks and all these excess things we have in the United States is that we create a health span issue that really arises and shortens our lifespan potential. Does that make sense? So, so we're, we're not, we were hunters and gatherers when we were cavemen and cave women and, and we stayed in shape because we had to run all day to eat, right? You didn't just eat all day. And so at the end of the day, we do now run to McDonald's and get a Big Mac and that's not probably as good for us as we should be. So one of the tragedies though of having all this excess stuff was this health span was shortening. So I was intrigued with this book and the author's a, uh, is a PhD studying these things about lifespan. And he has such a great idea of how you can match your health span with your longevity for greater lifespan. And I have just so far been really, really intrigued with this book. I did finish one before this though, that has just got me with goosebumps, Lori. You're going to love one it. before that The one before this. Yes. Okay. It's, it's it's a great book. So one of my one of my more favorite, more recent, if you will, in history uh, presidents was uh, President Reagan. I've been to his library, and I got to be honest with you, it was just phenomenal. They actually have Air Force One in the library. Oh, amazing! A plane inside a library. I have seen where the man sat. I've been to his desk in the plane. I've been to his sleeping quarters. It it, it was just phenomenal. But what I want to tell you is the book was called the Reagan diaries. So president Reagan does like Jimmy. And that's where I learned this act from a long time ago. Jim Rohn said, you need journals. So I thought, well, why? And so I started love it. Gives me a lot of introspection, but Reagan wrote every day, what he had done that day or decisions he had to make and why he made them and how he made them. And, and you just gain so much substance from this book. And, uh, it just inspired me because I went behind the curtain, right? You don't tell you all this on the news. All you hear is, well, the president ordered this today, an executive order, or he's going to get Congress to do this. They don't tell you what it takes to go through that process. This book does. So it has inspired me to go deeper in my thoughts with my journal entries. I put in my journals and what I'm leaving behind instead of what I've done today, some thoughts about how I could be a better person for my neighbor, how I could be a better leader for my team, those kinds of things, and making my cognitive exercises a little bit more challenging for my children to read at some point. Wow. And here I am over here in my corner with no book to read and looking at the motivational poster that you've all seen a thousand times. It's the tiny little goldfish. 
and he's swimming around in the ocean and visualize this way with me. He's a tiny little goldfish. He thinks he's in the ocean. He's probably in a bowl, but he's wearing a shark fin. And then the poster says, mindset is everything. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So not to be shallow this morning, but that's the thing that comes to my mind when we talk about tactics and strategy and motivation. It's it's a lot to do with mindset. The things that we read, the things that we see, the things that we're influenced by all can lead to great motivational things. It doesn't necessarily have to be profound or heavy or historic, but it just sometimes can be that lighthearted thing that you look at it and go, huh, and you have an aha moment. So as Jimmy's telling you about his story and his Reagan diaries, which I totally now want to go to that <laughs> library. I've been, I've only been to the Clinton library and the Bush library. And I think that's because they're closest to drive to, but uh, it, it's, it is, it's about mindset it, and it's about finding that balance of knowing that motivation can sometimes come from anywhere and lack of motivation can sometimes come from anywhere when you get stagnant. Um, you know, we talk about, big hairy audacious goals a lot on this podcast and you know I had never heard of a BHAG before honestly until I met Jimmy and I I remember telling him at the beginning of this year in a previous episode we were talking about New Year's resolutions and goals and my goal was to be my BHAG for this year was to be more financially savvy you know I, I don't I don't do numbers very well uh, so for the first quarter of this year, I am happy to report that my motivation, uh, I didn't have a, I didn't have a prize. I didn't have, you know, a Mont Blanc pin at the end of my reward. <laughs> we can make that happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I learned and I listened and I took some information and made myself better. I really like and it was hard. I had to stay focused and I had to be willing to learn and to listen to acronyms and financial terms and retirement and benefits and investments and all the 401ks and IRAs and all those letters and acronyms. But at the end of the first quarter, I felt so much better about my financial savvy because I stayed motivated and I stayed focused. And it was all about the mindset of if I can get better at it, then I'm going to be more financially sound for my family. And so having to impart that uh, wisdom upon some friends of mine, uh, what are you doing? What are you studying? What's up? What's going on? What's you know happening in your life? And I would say I'm crunching numbers. And of course, the, the look of shock and awe on everyone's face. I mean, there was like an audible gasp from my friend group, like, what? That's, are you okay? Do we need to check your temperature? Did you hit your head? <laughs> um, but I was able to say that I, you know, I stayed motivated, motivated with it. And I, I learned a lot and I'm, because I stayed motivated, I'm going to continue now that we're in second quarter, but I definitely have to find a reward. I didn't realize that like I could reward myself other than just a good job, you know, in my mind, Lori, you did it. Um, I'm thinking a trip. I don't know. I, I might need to get in on these ink pen business <laughs> suggestions. I'm open. So you're going to laugh. One thing I'm doing now for my second quarter is I have a pretty good goal, but it's about community. So I'm trying to do some things for the community there as we go into the summer months. You know, our kids are out of school. People need to have something to do. And I want them to do things that are, are fun, but also maybe a learning experience and challenging. So 
I'm actually going to do something that's crazy. Here it goes. I'm not rewarding myself. I'm hoping to reward the community. So as I accomplish the goal, when I do, I'm going to send out 10 envelopes with a letter in it's strictly going to say something like this. Enclosed is a $20 bill for your use to in some way invest in others around you that would make a very positive, productive, and powerful statement in our community. That's all I'm doing. I, just, I love it's just, it. It's just 200 bucks. Not a big deal. I'm just wanting to give that to people around. And I'm, I've got 10 people identified um, that I think will do just the right thing. Now, they could put it in their pocket and all that. I have no accountability here. All I'm saying is I'm asking them to do the pay it forward in some way that gives someone else an opportunity chance to do something that's lighting up someone else. But anyway, that's just a reward. So your reward doesn't have to be for you, particularly in tangible means. It could give you a greater reward by doing something intangible is my point I'm making. I love that. And it, who knows, it could potentially motivate other people to continue doing those things and in, to invest in other people and to invest in the community. So what happens if you take $20 and you take it 20 times, right? So now mm-hmm. we got some pretty good money. Here we are, 20 bucks times 20, got $400. So at the end of the day, what if we do if we have 200 people? You know, see, that's all I'm getting at. It just it grows and grows and exponentially grows. But you know, this week, Let's challenge our listeners to something really neat. This week, Lori and I want each of you to find a tactic or strategy to keep your eyes on the goal that you set and stay motivated by invoking that tactic or strategy every day of the week. Since we started this episode, Lori, with a quote, why don't we finish with one? Oh, I've got a good one. Okay. I'm not certain who authored this one, but this, this was a really, this is a good one. And it is. Mindset is what separates the best from the rest. So be your best this week and go out in the world and conquer one of your big, hairy, audacious goals. Ooh, I like that. See you next week here on Live a Life by Design. You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company, all rights reserved. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brindley.